0: Pelotero Pickle, episode 109. This is the MLB Winter Meetings Edition. A lot of discussion from our time in San Diego, uh, from the, the Tech Expo to uh, the the hotel lobby and bar, where everything seems to go down, to uh, Michael trying an oyster for the first time. A lot of fun stories, a lot of laughter happened in San Diego. It was a really good event and really a really good thing for Pelotero to attend. Uh, this was a fun episode, a lot of moves, a lot of a lot of the trade deadline not trade deadline the winter meeting activity a lot of free agent signings and whatnot so really good episode just getting into stuff we talked about some of the economics of baseball and uh just we, we you should want your owners to make bigger moves is the, is the verdict here but uh, winter meetings episode episode 109 check it out. Pelotero pickle episode 109 we're coming to you on monday december 12th i'm bobby Tewksbury joining me as always is chris colabello before we get started a reminder send us emails to pickle at pelotero.com or hit us up on twitter at Pelotero pickle uh, we had a long week last week did not record we were in san diego for the winter meetings we have plenty to talk about with that uh, should we continue our pre-show discussion about how terrible I am at time zones? Do you want to keep going with that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give a blind promotion to the fact that I played in the postseason with my cup for anybody that's getting to see this. Um, yeah, basically, what I learned from the winter meetings is that you suck at time zones. You're just terrible at them. Like I I've don't never
0: been. I've never been good at time zones. I'm historically, classically bad at time zones. I just
1: I don't, I don't even know it. how it's possible. For somebody as smart as you to be that stupid when it comes to something, because you're it's egregiously bad. And the point was, you set a you set a nine a.m. meeting Eastern time, and we have two people that needed to be in the meeting that are in Central Time Zone. Yeah, which is a little bit absurd. You have kids, you know. uh, I was awake. Young, yeah, lives a life. Sure, it regardless, but I mean, you it just and then. Full send confirmed that you were wrong when you wrote nine Eastern, which again, yeah. it's part. I always blame myself before I blame you because I should have asked. Cause I know how big an idiot you are when it comes to time zones, but your, your affirmation felt strong, but I think well, my, favorite, my favorite part was <laughs> my,
0: my favorite part was Patrick was like, that's pretty early. I go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You're trying you to talk shit and everything. I thought he was saying nine a.m. was early. I'm like, come on, man, that's the beginning of the workday. Let's go figure it out. You're tired. You you stayed in Cali a couple extra days. You had a good time. Figure it out. Like I don't want your complaints that it's early <laughs> from hanging yeah, out. I, mean, I in Cali, I
1: <laughs> my care factor for It's uh, on me. Listen,
0: sleep. it's on me. I got it completely wrong.
1: I can't believe you just said you were sorry. Good for you. I'm proud. Let's how many hours of uh? Whiteboard.
0: How many hours of sleep do we get in? San Diego,
1: combined total uh, four days.
0: I went three hour wake up on Monday. I was I was explaining to somebody the other day three hour wake up. I think the first night we were up until four. Yeah, because we went we went we checked into the Airbnb late and then went back to the venue, which was I wish we hadn't done that in hindsight. We got in at
1: no. no, you wish you did because that's where all the magic happens. And yeah. the meetings had already yeah. started. Monday and Tuesday night are the nights. Like that's it. Monday
0: They're, night like when we got back, when we got back from the Airbnb. Or did we check in first? And They went, whatever it was. We had a we had a scramble because we had to check into the tech expo. We had to go to Target to borrow a TV for a couple of days. Thanks, Target. If you're listening, uh, we got into the bar area at the in the lobby. It sounded like a playoff game. The buzz was so loud, it was it was an electric scene inside. Was that your
1: first bar. winter meetings? Was that your first one?
0: No, we. it was my second one. Oh the yeah, we, we went the Nashville. One in, uh, Nashville.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one there was more of a trade that one. show. It was in Vegas.
0: Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't been to one like that. It was uh, so we've been to the last few ABCAs. ABCA is amazing. Was I went to NFCA on Thursday, Friday. They're all the same, just with different markets. So this is like the ABCA of pro ball. So instead of walking in and seeing a bunch of college coaches and high school coaches, it's just all the whole pro side. So it's scouts, it's front office, it's former players. It's walk two feet, get stopped. Can't move in a room because everybody's there that you know and you've been friends with for 10 years. So you can't go in. It's like a high school reunion just for professional baseball is what it felt like.
1: That was my first foray back into the game, really in, in like mass a mass group of people from the game. And I didn't know how I like I was worried for years about how I'd be received in that environment, but I think I got a lot of good affirmation and people made me feel pretty good about my circumstances and the way it was, especially uh one. One Ken Rosenthal. It was awesome. It was great.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw Ken the first night first day before you got there and I went out of my way to say, Ken, I appreciate everything you've done for Chris. And he goes, We're not done yet. He got fired up. He looked at you, pointed you, We're not done yet. I said, You're damn right we're not done yet. I'm
1: pretty sure I'm pretty sure he dropped an F bomb when he said it to me.
0: He did, but I wasn't was, I, was, yeah, I was trying to help Patrick I, with the ratings here.
1: I know. I uh I I saw him, he was walking through the hall and I like gave him a little like a little bow. Right, that was my acknowledgement to say hello, and uh, he tur- he pointed to me. And it looked like he had a gun. It was awesome, but um, cool. it was interesting
0: because we. So uh, I wanted to touch on this because I haven't told you this yet. At NFCA, um, a, a number of people asked, like, "Hey, why'd you go radio silent on Twitter for two years?" Because I was very prominent on Twitter, and then I just stopped for like 2016 to 2018. I was like, oh, that, I hated baseball. I hated all things social because it was brutal. Like, I, I got like a, a fraction of what you got. But, like, anytime you went online, anytime you come anything, it's like, oh, steroid this, steroid that, blah, blah, blah. Got exposed to the side of baseball. Like, you see behind the curtain a little bit too much. You see it for what it is, and you're like, well, do I want to be involved in this? That was, it's just, it can be a brutal industry. So when I, I I explain to some people, I'm like, do you realize like whenever somebody brings your situation up, I go, what was the sample size? Tell me how many people do you think were in the study for the brand new drug test that Chris supposedly failed? How many people were in the, in the study They're, I'm like, and they know it's going to be ridiculously low because of the way I set it up. They're like 10. I'm like, no way lower than that. They're like, and then they, they tilt their head and they roll their eyes. They're like, no way it's, it's that. And I, when I tell them that it was one person in the study, one human being in the study and that it was the scientist himself who self-administered the drug, that that was the extent of the study. They're like, you're kidding me. Like, there's no way that that's real. And I'm like, well, now you know why I was off Twitter for two years because I hated the world and can only imagine what Chris was going through trying to still play and trying to salvage his name and his reputation and Not lose his baseball career. Like, can you? And they're like, "Yep, well, okay, that makes sense. That's why he disappeared. That's why, yeah." Um, It's just it's baffling to me that that still happened. It's so sad and disappointing and unfortunate.
1: More than more than anything, you just get like you like you said. You just there are only so many battles you can fight in a day, right? Like there only there's only so much bandwidth. There's only so much stuff you can do. There's only so many conversations and interactions you could have. And when you want to try to make a positive impact on the world and leave your mark in a, in a good way, you know, it's, it's challenging because you sit there and you, you feel strongly that, you know, you want to help people understand and see it, but it, it's just, there's not enough time. There's not enough conversations to be had because as soon as something, some narrative gets put out in the media now, all of a sudden it it becomes real. And especially if it comes from that vehicle, you know, and yeah, it was, it was, I told somebody this, I was sitting, I was talking to an agent at the meetings and, uh, he's like, man, this must've been so hard. And, And I go, you know, what the hardest part was, is I was like, I felt compassion and empathy from a lot of people. I said, but the, the difference was you and I could have a conversation about it. Right. And then you're, you're, you feel terrible for me and you move on. Right. Like, and you're just like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And then five minutes after the conversation, you get to put it away and you get to not think about it. Like I had to wake up with it every day for the rest of my life. And, and there's nothing you could do sucked. about it either. There's so much. Yeah, and
0: sucked. people, and then they ask like, well, what's going Like, it's still in process. That's like the resolution has not occurred. So it's like, what do we want to talk about? Like, yeah, the, the testing was completely bogus. That's like the worst thing ever in this, in the scope of this situation. That's the worst case now. So there's worse things in the world. i not saying that, but like the news yeah. cycle turns over the next thing is there to worry about. Then it's COVID. Then it's this, then it's the president. And then it's gender is stuff. it's like, there's so many things to worry about in the world. And base in baseball, steroids is such a taboo subject, people don't even want to deal with it. It's like it's so much easier to just say, Oh, yeah, he did it and move on instead of paying attention. And then nobody's like really incentivized to do anything because, yeah. like, what does MOB have to gain from getting it right? They're going to pay you a bunch of money, apologize to the public, say they're wrong. That's fun.
1: Like, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to gain. Compromise, yeah, it compromises the system that they've put in place, they worked hard to put in place a system that I really have no problem with as long as you make sure you get it right. And that's, you know, when everything's said and done, dude, it's with everything, right? It's not just my situation. And we're not. this is not, this is, it's bigger than that. Right. It's, it's, to me, it's like, if we're going to put in any kind of whatever we're trying to, trying to keep an eye on, on people, it's, it's the reason why I tell people all the time, our forefathers are the smartest people in the world. Right. You have to be innocent until you're proven guilty, because if not, too many guilt, too many innocent people go to jail. And it, it's true of everything. It's like, let's just make sure we get it right if we're going to put in these systems. And you have to have checks and balances. You have to have defaults to kind of. It, 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 it's objective. It's objective information. We could tie this into hitting if we really want to. You want to use objective information, but there's context around it. And if you just use the objective information, then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, hey, wait a minute. Time out. Like, right. It's like what data does in baseball, like, oh, data, data, data. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you you created a system around data to be objective, but you forgot this. So now your output's wrong. And it, if that's, if you're gonna live off the, the results of that output, then I just don't think you're doing a good enough job. You're not, you're not trying hard enough. You're just doing surface level shit. And, that sucks.
0: Did you see the uh, the cobra effect I sent to the group chat? No. Cobra was a little we, – we'll have to switch it up. We can't use the same – we had a little term cobra if we were getting trapped in the conversation. We just did a little cobra signal, cobra to get out of it. The cobra effect is uh, I think when English sellers went into India and they were trying to get rid of cobras because they were like scary, they put a bounty on uh, – if you brought a dead cobra, then – They'd give you money for it. So I think in the thing it said, a bunch of enterprising people started breeding the cobras because they're like, hey, if they're going to give us money, we're going to breed the cobras, and then that way we can make even more money. And then when the English people caught on to it, they were like, well, we're going to shut down the program because that you know we didn't mean we're supposed to be catching wild cobras and decreasing the population. So the ultimate effect of the, of the plan was that all these people had bred the cobras just released them into the wild. So they, they set out to decrease the number of cobras and through their own processes managed to make it worse. So it's pretty funny, which I think it, there's a parallel there with the, with the whole drug thing where you're trying to get the system right and you're doing all this testing and then you go so far with, I don't even want to say unintended consequences. Cause I think the person that invented the test the consequences were 100 percent intentional, uh, but when the checks and balances aren't there, when it when the system itself is not regulated well, bad things happen.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is talking about some depressing stuff here. It's great. Yeah, so let's talk about become, the winter meetings. We've become a catch-all. We've become a catch-all podcast, not about baseball. Whatever. Well,
0: it's, re- it's relevant because I think realistically, anytime somebody hears your name, it, it's it's in their head. Unfortunately.
1: Well, so
0: I think from it, time to time, we need to talk about it and keep it every, fresh that this is the reality of your situation.
1: And I felt a lot of, I felt a lot of people, I, I felt like I could be in that environment and it was okay. Let's put it that way. Ryan Spielborgs was awesome. Uh, shout out, Ryan. Like we, he was like, he sent me, he even sent me a text after saying, I, I knew you didn't do anything. Like I knew like it didn't make sense. and I just met Billy. Like, right? He was a, mm-hmm. you know, good he's dude. Become a great TV really personality dude. himself, and uh, he's doing he's a great so job. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. So
0: I think he got nominated for an award or something. I saw. I think he tweeted about it. Well, his no, hair he's looks good. Spectacular. People, yeah. we should he's, get him on. He's, uh, he's a good TV him. personality.
1: I'm going to text him right now. In yeah, mid show, we got, we
0: got a couple. We got some. We got some guests lined up. Yeah. So that's that's productive. Uh, so the tech expo that we were a part of was was cool. It was it was good to be in the room for sure. Um, our goal was to have some meaningful conversations. I didn't really have a number. I would have rather had one meaningful conversation than a hundred non-meaningful conversations. So we had, I would say, like eight to ten, like sit down, full demo, get get somebody to understand what we're doing. Um, we'll see. In terms of the MLB market, we never really sought out to work on that on that side. It's not because I don't think it's good for them, but that ecosystem is hard to implement systematic things, I guess is the way I want to say it. Um, I think we'll probably end up with some consulting stuff. I think we'll maybe get a team to take a flyer on, on like, a, you know, like their extended spring training or something. Well, something's going to happen. I don't know what yet, but I know what we built is a monster and can help. But it was good. It was, I think a lot of good conversations, a lot of good feedback. Um, the people that, that took the time to learn what we're doing, understand what we're doing and understand the impact that it can have. So that's good. Um, it was just interesting. It was a lot of, a lot of good feedback. I think it's the best way I can say it. Did you have any, so from, from a context standpoint, there was a tech expo, which was like a separate room. There's was like an escalator up if you watched uh, any of MLB Network during the week, the the main show stage that they had, we were like to the left of that. There was a room to the left of that. Pat, Producer Patrick kept trying to sneak on TV and Texas Friends to turn on the turn on the network so he could. Did you get any? You're not on, but did you get anybody confirm that you were on TV? No, nobody confirmed. He was, he was definitely on TV multiple times. Chris was on in the background. There was a segment on the uh, on the tech expo that Chris was standing in the background on. But uh,
1: oh, I, I was on the network. There probably like
0: how many were like twenty, thirty companies in the in the tech expo, roughly.
1: Yeah, I would say it was twenty
0: between twenty and thirty. Yeah, um, software, hardware, um, anything jump out to you, Chris? There are a lot of people that we knew that we've been in contact with that just got to sit down and actually yeah. talk to in person, which was good.
1: I mean, it was different than your normal convention type style event because it was in a breakout room. It was like it's not; it wasn't meant to be a promotional thing for companies. I think it was the companies were hand selected for functionality and and purpose, and so it was somewhat nice to be invited, but at the same time, I think you know, it, it, it gave me confidence that we're going down the right path and especially the dialogue that we had with people. Um, even though I think I knew that stuff before it, uh, it was just, it's the the winter meetings, man. It just, they just turn into, they turn into what they are. They just, they are what they are. Most of the relevant stuff happens in the lobby. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, I I was trying to take notes uh, and just keep track of who I talk to, and it just gets out of hand because you're just bumping into so many people. Um, Who highlights for you in terms of people that you caught up with, bumped into?
1: Uh, It was good to see Brian Snitker. I would spent some time with him in Italy. I caught him right before he was going on TV. Uh, John Schneider, current manager of the Blue Jays and former BP thrower extraordinaire. He's the only manager in the big leagues that still throws BP. Yeah. which is interesting.
0: Well, his BP is pretty good, so you should just keep yeah. doing it.
1: We you know, I talked with him, uh, saw Hazel May, who her and I had done a a really cool like sit down interview in Toronto in two thousand fifteen and I never got to see it. it. It was one of those that aired in segments before a game and for that reason I never saw it. And I know they had talked to my parents and I, I said to her, I was, it was I I looked at her and I go, Do you remember me? And she goes Oh my God, Chris it was so cool. Um, you know, members of the media. I talked to Jeff Passan quite a bit, who you have a relationship with, I don't really. But I, I got I a I got
0: a blackmail I got a blackmail picture of Jeff. Well, <laughs> I I, I, I asked him. The, next time he throws it next time he doesn't use a big word as the first uh, in his first paragraph, I'm going to send it to him.
1: I asked picture. him. I asked him two really important things. I asked him about his hair. It's. I mean. Yep. It's like a gelled quaff. It's nice. It's—I mean, it plays
0: strong part. A very strong part.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I asked him, I said, "When did you realize you were famous?" And he he, he gave me this relatively elaborate story that ended with uh, when my when my son uh, t- told me I went from a D lister to a C lister, and that was I've I've like lived in that in that in that world, in that D list, C list celebrity uh, I guess realm. So I get it, you know, cause you don't, I, it's wild. Cause, and just to shift the the narrative here a little bit, I don't really view myself as somebody that's famous. I, I, I say stupid stuff all the time to imply that I am, but I never really think of myself as like an impactful voice in the industry. Um, and it's, I think it's hard cause I used to wonder, you know, when I had relationship, like I had relationships with guys that played in the big leagues before and I think it's hard when you're in it to kind of understand that you are, that you, that you do have an impact, that you do have a voice and people are paying attention. Um, who else, uh, I caught up. This was a funny one for me, John Toskis. Uh, I think he's the nationals quality control coach. John Toskis and I played Milford Legion together. So we grew up one town over from each other.
0: What a title by the way. What a title
1: we had to, we had to travel 3000 miles to catch up. So that one was really, uh, really interesting for me. Uh, always good to see my, uh, my friend, Sam fold, former teammate, Sam Fold, who's now the GM of the Phillies and, uh, making a splash at the meetings, uh, obviously coming off a world series and some relatively important moves or one big one anyway. Um, who else? Uh, Alex Hassan, you know, former hitting. Great to see partner. Alex.
0: Great to see Alex. Now, vice actually, president I'm of mad, hitting. I'm mad at myself because I've i been going through my old hard drives and I have video of them and I meant to show it when I when we sat down. But Alex is just good people. Yeah, just he's first team all
1: human. Um,
0: <sighs> Sam, to we think. got Sam I, Fold I, I, time. I'm, I'm going to go
1: through my notes. Hang on. Uh,
0: Sam full time was great. Nice to be able to sit down with the GM. And we we didn't see him till the last night. We're like, "Oh, you've been out, you've been you've been busy out spending money with the, some pretty big signings." So, Yeah.
1: Tony Lacava assistant GM of the Blue Jays. Got
0: to talk to uh, him as well. He's the director yeah. of player personnel now. I don't think assistant GM is his title anymore.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: baseball. Op. He's like the, if you go on the Blue Jays website, he's the very first person under baseball ops.
1: Yeah. Joey Bats, Matt yeah. Joyce. Yep. Scotty Tenen, clubby extraordinaire. Uh, Scotty was knows, awesome. Scotty, knows, Scotty everybody. knows
0: everybody. He knows everybody. Uh, yep. Clubbies, man. If you get in a pro ball, but get friendly with the with the club. Even in college, just be friendly with the equipment people. Make your life better.
1: Yep. Pete Take Tucci of, of Tucci Lumber. Great conversations. Uh, John McDonald, Guardians, uh, Farm Director. Chris Gale, yep. former teammate in Worcester, and. He's the director of evaluations for the for the Guardians now, or Indians, or Guardians.
0: He's kind of um, like he's kind of like the head of the scouts, is my understanding. Yeah.
1: Uh, Toughy go switch. Tuffy Bud Norris. Bud Norris Tuffy. came in hot in the middle of a conversation. I was wild. Um, he. Uh,
0: so he. Th- th- that's a fun one to talk about. So he's representing a light a company that makes light bulbs. It's supposed to be. Equivalent Quantum to like D. being in the sun. Yeah, it's it's like, re, like sun replacement. So yeah. he's talking about like in weight rooms, training rooms, offices where you're under lights so you get the benefit. Passive recovery was what he was calling it, which makes sense. I was like, can I be a sales rep for the industrial and commercial side? Because there's 30 baseball teams, but there's a billion office buildings. <laughs> I'd rather sell 17 billion light bulbs than talk to 30 teams. But yeah. Yeah. Light bulbs. How about that? Light bulbs.
1: Light bulbs. Um, saw Nelson Cruz. Chatted with Davey Martinez quite a bit. Nelson I Cruz love is Davey. big.
0: Nelson Cruz is wide.
1: Yeah, he captures the room's team. attention with his whole entourage. He dressed
0: well. You can always tell when guys are like the the in terms of uh, demographic. There, you had your young kids looking for jobs, very much just suits, just overdressed. It's it's always interesting to see who's. I would say dressed socially but very well. So like a Jose Bautista, slick leather jacket, good shoes, just dressed well versus kids that are just in suits, that are just trying so hard to get attention. You can, always, the less, you can always tell a big
1: ligger.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can You can always tell when somebody's just a baller. It's like just, I don't know, it's a different look. It's a, it's a more casual but upscale at the same time. You got to earn that. You can't. I don't think that can be given.
1: That's all I got. Who else? Alex, Alex Speer, Alex Speer. Uh, J.P. Aaron Cbia, Boston Globe. Yeah, Aaron Cbia. I forgot about Aaron Cbia. We actually oh, Blue Um, I have to text him too. You're reminding me. Jeff Randazzo.
0: Jeff Randazzo. I apologize for not recognizing you. Guys, and the funny thing about him, because he was wearing me out. I actually looked at my phone. I don't think I have his number. So if he texted me, it was probably unknown. But he said I never texted him back. And he, I, the night before, he looked at me, and I looked straight at him, and I'm like, "This guy looks so familiar," and I don't, don't know where. I couldn't place him for the life of me. And then, uh, got worn out. Uh, yep. Bear of Bolt gloves. I forget his last name.
1: Oh, Bear, Bear, it's Bear Bolt. Bear Bolt.
0: Bolt is his last name.
1: Yeah, it's his last name. His grandfather. Oh, the I didn't company, know that. The company. So Bruce Bolt was his grandfather.
0: I did not know that Bolt was a family
1: Bear name. Bear Bolt. And I was I'm so saying,
0: glad you told him that you hate his batting gloves. I told him, I said straight <laughs> I'm up, I was like, with him. I'm like, did he tell you he hates your batting gloves?
1: I said to him, I was like, dude, I hate your batting gloves, but respect, dude, you're like 12 yeah. and you've built a monster and it's kind of awesome. Um, yeah. Super cool. Um, cool kid.
0: Texas kid. He lives down here.
1: Yeah. So I think he's done a great job. He's like 23. Started. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're
0: starting. Yeah. They're starting to expand the product line. He's got that younger market t- captured. Kids love his batting gloves. It's cool to see. Premium product, premium price. They last. They do last for a long time. So it's cool. Um, try like explaining the vibe in that bar area is pretty interesting. It's almost like a. It's like a post game kind of like where everybody's just kind of there. And then you get all your different like different segments of the market, different groups of friends, very social scene, but it's cool. It's cool. And then in real time deals are happening. So like the Xander deal, Xander to the Padres deal was announced and everybody's reading it on the TV at the same time. And there's just like a, not like a roar, like a play happens, but there's almost like a gasp in the room. like oh man look at that deal that's pretty cool because you're there it's real time it's just you know those those are the people making decisions um having a chat with sam about the trey turner situation and you know we didn't get into the nitty-gritty of the details but i mean he's the guy in the room that's pretty cool pretty cool um biggest signing oh before we get to that we have to talk about the oyster
1: Oh, so Michael, dude, this was the highlight of the meeting. So,
0: Michael, we can talk about it now. Um, newest member of the Pelotero team. Went out to dinner. What was the name of the place? Western Social Oil. No, o- uh, uh, West- it a, a seafood restaurant.
1: Water Grill. What a Western water grill.
0: Water grill. Nice, nice place. Nice, uh, nice seafood restaurant. Uh, and at some point during this meal, we learned that Michael has never had an oyster before or fish for that matter. Basically has a, the palate of a 12 year old chicken fingers. That's his words, not ours. Um, so one of our advisors was there and was treating us and, um, got some oysters. What was it called? The honeymoon oyster. It was, it was a pretty intense oyster. It had, uh, like a mini yolk on there as well as what else was on there, Chris? It was, it was an extravagant oyster.
1: There were salmon eggs and fish eggs. So caviar eggs, salmon eggs. So the orange ones are the salmon. The the little black ones are like fish eggs, caviar, and then a quail egg yolk on top.
0: Pretty good. So, it was uh, I I'm not a huge oyster guy. I'll eat them. It's not like a preferred thing for me, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Mike had never had one before, and we got him on video, and he his re- I, We could probably put this in Patrick. You can you can edit this in, but I thought he was a little more adventurous. Cause we had him on the podcast, and he had like the what do what you do like the the flavored. He made a custom flavor pickle on his on his pickle episode and. He almost threw up doing that and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was just like a one-time thing. Apparently, every time we have Mike on the show, he's going to have to try some gross food because when he put down this oyster, it was 60 of the funniest seconds I've ever experienced in my life because he thought he went from almost throwing up to like trying to play it cool be like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good to like almost throwing up again. It was incredible. Mike, appreciate you. That was hilarious. One of the funniest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, he also tried some fish. He had some, I think I had swordfish. He tried that. Didn't hate it, so that was fun. <clears throat> but that was pretty funny. That was a, the whole a the whole
1: food thing. I feel like as you get older, like the food thing, you should be able to get over like your gross food stuff, right? At some point, that's the way I view it like you just try everything. But there are a lot of people that can't handle textures, and mm-hmm. I think that his reaction was epic. Like he was like, <laughs> he took the thing, and that's incredible, spit it out so casually. And then put the oyster on the plate. He was like, yeah, it's great. Aftertaste is good. Good aftertaste. (laughs) Has anybody ever laughed that hard in that restaurant? So I
0: I laughed twice as hard as I've ever laughed. That was one of them. And like he pulled the thing out of his mouth and he like he tried to play it so cool. And then it was like just the full like shoulders rising, cheeks filling up like – I thought he's gonna throw up over the table <laughs> if he had done that this was like a fairly high-end restaurant like not the highest of high-end but it was the cart that the menus were like wood like it's it's not like uh we weren't at TGA Fridays it was it was a nice spot and if he had thrown up all of the table that would have been something. John would have <laughs> I think John was questioning stuff Wild. already but John would have been that would have been really really funny. Um, and then Joey with his farm board max video. I, I need that was the type of laugh I needed. I didn't know I needed it when he's clapping the two small farm boards and then acting like he got hit in the face with the, <laughs> and one of the first things I said was, Jeff Fry is going to go nuts on this. And then sure enough, Jeff Fry tried to make fun of him. Wow. Golly. It was, um, it was a combination of his acting. The fact that the board is so big and then understanding the reaction of the market, it's just amazing. And the, I think the product's fantastic for what for the purpose and what it's trying to do And the it makes a lot of sense. And the reason it's one instead of two, it just it's a smart product. It's just hilarious. It was I, I haven't laughed that hard in a while.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And oh, by the way, side note, Alex Hassan and Moose Hassan both have the same last name. I just realized that Moose is the clubby for the Blue Jays. We had dinner with him. We don't even need to get into what happened there because that was just.
0: Should we? Should we?
1: All right. So we'll the, long, <laughs> the long and short of it, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> this, this is the third
0: longest life. I wasn't going to bring it up, but go ahead.
1: The, the long and short of it is we go to we go to an Italian restaurant. And it, and it like straight out of Goodfellas, right? Like it looked like a place where. Really
0: good. little Italy, really good spot. Yeah.
1: I mean I was pumped the brakes on really good it was it was above average but anyway uh, so we we have dinner and I've been fine like to your point we we're on limited sleep all that stuff so as soon as we as soon as we ate finished dinner I like I was like well man I gotta go to the bathroom right just happened quick so I go in and like it's a gender neutral bathroom and a women's room. So two single bathrooms. Like that makes it one men's room, one I did, one think, that room, was, one I
0: did think that was weird. I think I think if you're going to have two bathroom, bathrooms, two they should rooms, both be right? gender neutral. If we're going to be neutral, right. like you got to be 100% neutral. So because now,
1: now you're creating a paradigm where if a man <laughs> has to be in there for an extended period of time, there's going to be a line guaranteed, right? So I go in 10 minutes and I think I'm good. Yeah, I was wrong. I got up. I wasn't good. It was
0: my favorite part. My favorite part was before you went. You said my tummy hurts to me, <laughs> and I'm like, if a grown man says my tummy hurts, it's bad.
1: That's yeah. A bad, so literally, like, it ended up in in like a use your imagination moment that cost me an extra ten minutes in that bathroom, and it it, it was basically hairy for anybody that was going to come in there after me. So I had to spend <laughs> some time doing some things that involved a lot of paper towels being used. Again, use your imagination. And then I got to the table and I realized that there were three people waiting in line to go to the bathroom or at least two and I was pacing. like we they leave. were outside like, pacing, two like, dudes were just need, like, we need to leave now. Like before this first person gets out of the bathroom, we need to leave. And you guys are like <laughs> trying to be like, Oh, let's see how long we can make this uncomfortable for you And I'm like, No, 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 you don't understand. Like this is a situation where you get basically like beat up. Right, so we're gonna get in a fight at Goodfellas, and you don't at the Goodfellas restaurant. They might have mafia people. You don't know, like you don't know what. Can no,
0: happen. nobody's gonna beat you up for that. It was purely so, purely your discomfort. That was the. Only I,
1: and I, I literally walked out, and I was like, I almost went down a one way, the wrong direction. Could have got us arrested most, in that moment. The
0: most panicked I've ever seen you in my life.
1: Yeah, it was bad. Went to Target, <clears throat> we unborrowed our TV, and then I was like, back to the Thanks hotel one Target. more time. Yeah. And then it ended up going back to the apartment. I almost missed again. my flight
0: because of you. Yeah, I, it wasn't that close, but you're, I'm like, I need to take a shower. And
1: yeah. Uh, so after single, the single, single, we went back to the yeah. hotel, we sat with Sam and Bud Norris, a couple other people, and then sitting there and I'm like, well, I, one more. So three and, you know, like an hour and 45 minutes. And I was like, I, I had to be done. I wasn't. We got back. That was four and five it happened before I went to sleep. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I knew you were leaving early. So between 4.30 and 5.30, I went from, I had a tummy ache to like, there's no chance I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. Cause I was like throwing up and stuff. Ended up waking up at 7.30, eight o'clock. And I would have never known anything happened. I was still panicked. Cause you're like, I'm going to get on a cross country flight and this is going to be bad. So but uh thankfully Yeah, that's less
0: like, than ideal less than ideal on a cross country flight.
1: Well the throw up the throw up got me over the top because whatever was inside me that was bad got out. So yeah. I haven't thrown up since like two thousand ten. Just side note there.
0: Yeah. No, whatever uh whatever got in you, it was not not friendly. Yep. Bad news. Bad news bears yep. in your tummy. So glad that's out. That was uh when you took the right on the wrong the one way street. That <laughs> you, were, you go, the parking spot that we got into was super weird because there was like this one little sliver of not of not like ramped there was like a the sidewalk was only for like a foot and you managed to hit it with all four tires I think backing out of that parking spot yeah <laughs> and then you turn up the wrong one way you just want to get as far away from that restaurant as possible as quickly as possible. that was great
1: yep yep
0: it was entertaining it was good. Uh, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Actual moves made. I start with a shortstop. So we got Trey Turner to Philly and Xander to San Diego. San Diego had tried to get Trey Turner and judge. They offered both. They offered more money to both of them and they both went opposite directions. So judge ended up staying in New York. The obvious move that that needed to happen the whole time. I think, my my take on it is I think Turner and Judge were playing the Padres purely for negotiations, and that is what it is. That's smart if you can do it. Xander goes to San Diego. Who do you got on uh, Turner, Turner versus Xander? There was some discussion at the, uh, at the bar, the bar area, I should say. Uh, Turner versus Xander, better deal because it was 300 versus 280, right? 300 for Turner. What were the years? Same years or different years?
1: 11. 11 from – Both? He signed for 11. I don't Both know of the them? San Diego deal. I don't I don't know what the San Diego deal said. But it, it was – do you big. think
0: is a better player right now?
1: Uh, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think Trey Turner was the guy you needed to get in free agency. More so than Aaron Judge, more so than Xander, more so than anybody –
0: um, so Bogart's yeah, got 11 okay. For 280 uh, Trey Turner Got 11 for 300 So both 11 That's what I thought AAV is twenty five four five Versus 27 So it's two, about 2 million dollars a year Less than 2 million dollars a year difference I think Turner's a more dynamic yeah. player Hits for a little more power right for sure. I think Xander Xander has yeah. more power But doesn't play to it, which is interesting.
1: So, Xander to me, like, epitomizes everything, he, like, just solid as can be, like, true pro. Trey is definitely more exciting, has more upside. I think Trey's a game changer, where Xander is more of like a, it's just a steady, really steady big leaguer. Um, it, I think they're both championship players, right? I think they're both guys that can help you win a World Series. Um, Xander to me projects more as somebody who's going to have to move positions, where I think, you know, Trey Turner could move positions now and still be a really in- high impact player for the next seven or eight years. Xander's not going to necessarily change the game with his legs. He he can because he'll take advantage of situations when the opportunity is there, but. I could see Xander Bogarts ending up at first base at some point in his career, or certainly he's not by the gonna time run, he's like, thirty-eight, time forty, yeah. Um, where Trey Turner, I think, at worst becomes a corner outfielder or second baseman, um, but I don't know. Only time can tell those things. So I think, I think the Phillies got the guy that was the guy, and and that's you know not to speak poorly of Aaron Judge. Uh, <clears throat> You know, Aaron Judge, I thought was a really important signing for the Yankees and for whoever got him. But Trey, Trey to me is like he's going to impact that that lineup in so many different ways. Whether you hit him behind Schwarber or in front of Schwarber, or hit him third in front of Bryce, like the Phillies are now a very very dangerous offense because they just got one bat deeper. It it's going to take a little bit of the stress off Nick Castellanos. 'Cause certainly he did not win the triple crown like you thought he would.
0: He did um, not. I, he was a guy that I yeah. said was capable. He had a terrible year. Yeah, but he didn't. Correct.
1: But then again, nobody won the triple crown, so I think
0: What's uh I, what's the what's the is the Dodgers Stadium a good place to hit?
1: Um Isn't it, it was, at
0: night doesn't doesn't at night it doesn't play as well?
1: It, it was bad. Fifteen years ago, uh, I don't. I, I think it's pretty neutral now.
0: But Philly uh, is a good place to hit. I
1: think Philadelphia is a great place to hit. I think if you like, if you thought about bad places to hit, probably think like San Francisco at night. Um, I guess Baltimore is now in that in that category because they Baltimore moved the wall. Used to be great, yeah. Seattle the for yeah, yeah. Seattle, Seattle's don't bad. Love, yeah, it's not. It's not great there. Um, Tampa Bay. Plus, I, I'd be. I'd be curious to go look at the twenty twenty two ballpark factor. Did you
0: see that? Uh, what's his name? Center fielder for Tampa, signed with Toronto.
1: Um, Kiermaier, the
0: guy. Kiermaier, good eyes. Yeah. Kiermaier, they can't. I mean, uh, the one, the one guy, Tampa guy, the one guy that should have been a ray for life. He gone. I didn't see what he got, well, but I saw it I mean that he, didn't, wrong. He,
1: didn't, he didn't do himself any favors. He hasn't hit. He's been hurt. Not. I don't think he's ever a game-changer with his bat, but it's game-changing defense.
0: Yeah, I just felt like he's a, he's a Ray.
1: But that's but, not a yeah, thing I guess, anymore.
0: I know, but it could have been. It could have been. He only played 63 games last year. Uh, so Turner, Turner. I mean, offensively, his numbers could balloon going to Philly. Padres used to – Peco used to be a bad place to hit, but they reconfigured stuff. So Bogarts would be fine there. Yeah, Judge with the Yankees, he'll be fine because he can flip balls out to right.
1: <clears throat> I think anybody um, that pulls the ball, the ballpark factor doesn't really play as much. It's the guys that, that are trying to go backside unless you're a cyborg. Um, like J.D. Martinez – Got affected by the baseballs, and he got Fenway Park this year, right? Because if you're trying to hit big boy homers to the opposite field, that's when pull side, like yeah. pull sides, not it's never a factor. It's really not an issue because if you catch one to the pull side, it should be a homer unless you're a righty in Baltimore now, which the it's the ball you miss, right? It's the one you get still goes. It's the ball that you miss that it's now no longer a homer. Yep.
0: Who else we got for deals? Uh, on the pitching side, Verlander to the Mets was big. Uh, Senga, he's a Japanese guy, right? Senga? Yeah. Um, he was an ace over there. And then DeGrom to the Rangers. Pretty interesting. Is DeGrom, where's DeGrom from? Not Gavin, but Jacob.
1: <laughs> Where is he from?
0: Yeah, I'm looking it up right My now. My
1: best guess is Texas, but I don't know. I've never. I never really. Deland, into he's like, from
0: Florida, Deland, Florida, because he went to Stetson, I believe, right?
1: Sounds about right.
0: Yeah, he went to Stetson.
1: Chris Sale was FGCU. <laughs> he's a
0: shortstop for Stetson. Degrom was, uh, thirty-four years old, just one hundred eighty-five million. Not too shabby. Not too shabby for Degrom. Well, he's hope currently he stays the healthy. best
1: pitcher on the planet.
0: I hope he stays healthy.
1: He he is the best pitcher on the planet. Like that's.
0: Let's. Uh, what are the Red Sox doing? So, are they going to are they going to extend anybody? So De- well, Devers is no. like the only guy left that they could extend in a meaningful way, right? Well, so
1: I-, I don't know if this was from a spoof account, but I read this, uh, and I, I could be wrong. I, again, it could have been a spoof, but I read this story saying that when. Uh, Heimblum was at the airport and when he found out about the Bogarts deal, it was through a text or whatever it was. And there, a reporter went up to him and asked, and he had just seen the information and he, he gave the guy like a, give me a minute and then kind of walked away and stared off into the clouds. Like, oh my God, we weren't even close. Cause I think Boston offered something like six and one hundred sixty or something like that, or 170, 180. Uh, and,
0: on like, on Bogarts, he didn't know.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh,
0: he was found out he the, randomly.
1: Yeah, when he was at the airport. That's like, a tough. Oh.
0: If that's if that's real, that's a tough look to not, uh, to not know what's going on.
1: Yeah, and I think this is like New England's contention right now. Right, you have five and a half states that are vested in the success of your organization. I say five and a half because Connecticut's probably split.
0: Vermont is split uh, too. Vermont's, fill, yeah, Vermont's you, very new, hey, Yankee based as well.
1: You you've <clears> the, the state stadium borders. every night. New York, yeah. And even since, how, since the midway point, you, you can go back two years, right, since Bloom has taken over, there were more moves that could have been made at the deadline in a year when things appeared to be going their way. Like they had a really good start. Um, they, they I think they actually they got swept in the first series and then went off two years ago and then ended up in the LCS up two games to one against Houston with a chance to win game four and go up three to one to get to the World Series and they were doing it with nobody basically right and by nobody I mean their core guys uh Hunter Renfro playing a big role they had traded for Schwarber they got Schwarber at the deadline but that was a let him go you know that was a get him and dump him type situation but they didn't make the moves that they needed to make the bullpen at the time. And then this past year, like it mixed signals at the, at the deadline, right? You trade Vasquez, but then you get Tommy Famine, and Eric Hosmer. Um, Not really necessarily impact players that are going to change the paradigm. So it was, it's kind of this confusion of, are, are we doing it or are we not? And in a perfect world at the time, and I don't know what Bogart's trade situation was, if you knew you were going to lose them or there was a chance you were going to lose them, Probably move them at the deadline so you can get some value well, if, out of it. Especially
0: but. if you're not competitive, if you're not winning ball games at that point in time, you're not big a to push. You well, got to get something. It's just weird. Sam had said. I think Sam said the value. The value of that compensation pick is like 11 million dollars or something like that.
1: You just something. don't. Maybe that be that might be high, but if you don't have a clear direction, if you don't have a clear direction, a plan to do everything is a plan to do nothing. Right, so. So either go for it or don't, like, don't be in the middle. Don't like the surface level moves. Like they got Kenley Jensen who, you know, is, does that solidify your bullpen now? I, maybe um, they signed, they signed uh, Chris Martin, who's a former Red Sox farmhand um, has been a solid reliever for a couple years. Then they needed to shore up the bullpen, which they did. But I think there's a huge hole at shortstop now because obviously story's moving over. There's no doubt about that. You're looking at Christian Arroyo at second base from the sounds of it. Nobody's very interested in having Eric Cosmer around, but they can't dump that contract now. Is that just because of
0: money? Yeah. He's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. He's,
1: he's been hurt and like his production hasn't been as high as I think it can be. And you get the kid coming up at first base there, Cassis. So you're looking at putting those guys in a role where one's playing, one's DH and and then you still got Bobby Dalbeck kind of floating around as a, you know, what is he? Is he a part-time player? You're gonna to try to move him to the outfield. You're gonna, you're not gonna match up there with, with the righty and the lefty, and, Dahlbeck, and yeah. be, even but even Hosmer, like you're not gonna leave Hosmer on the bench at twenty something million, right? Um, but I guess it's a good insurance policy. I don't know. I, and then the outfield's kind of is DJ, is
0: uh, is JD Martinez still. Uh... What's his uh
1: Yeah, he had a he had an option so year? he, he opted into his uh opt, or is he a free agent? I guess it's a free agent.
0: He's a free agent right now. <clears throat> I think if you I, I I would imagine Devers and Bogarts were friendly. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, or not, they were like imagine. super close. So you lose one, chances are you losing the other. I don't know. I don't know. At some point, you got to load up again. You got to—I don't know what their farm system looks like at depth, but interesting. If I mean we're kind of we're Northeast guys, so we tend to talk about them more. Uh man, the the Padres are stacked. The Phillies are stacked. The Dodgers are stacked. Um, Jose Abreu to the Astros—I thought was a good move. He's just a professional hitter. I it just he's going to produce. I don't know how else to say it. So they're still going to be good.
1: <clears throat> yeah, the Astros have good baseball players. That's why they're good. I think the American League's theirs for the taking again.
0: Yeah, who who else has really made moves and and put themselves in a position to be like in that upper echelon?
1: In the American League, nobody.
0: Yeah, there's not much nobody. going on
1: there. Everybody's the same. the The Rangers by getting Degrom, I think the Rangers have to be competitive at some point because they're well, spending a I lot mean, of
0: money. They were pretty bad last year. They have pieces, but they were. I mean, they were pretty.
1: Well, they spent a lot of money on Seager and Simeon.
0: Um, yeah, and they didn't. They just didn't win no. at all.
1: Yeah, well, that's you go out, and make a splash, and get to Grom. Like you get a solidify. The Braves the will compete because
0: Braves, still Braves have a lot of pitching. But I've not seen them make a big move. Swanson's still
1: out there. Somebody's gonna yep. get Swanson. Uh, I, I would venture to say he probably signs back with Atlanta, but who knows? Um, uh, they have that. They have the the kid that they brought up at the end, and Albie's will be back. So you have two middle infielders who technically you don't need Swanson. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's there's still some moves to be made that are going to be impactful.
0: Yep. A lot going on there. All right. Post-show, the only item we have, we got a ma- a major uh, <laughs> John Heyman error, arson judge. Um, I think that one's going to live on for a while, Claim that he was signing with the Giants, arson judge at the typo. Um just funny just seeing him walk around at the at the winter meetings kind of just was is moping a fair word <laughs> moping around he was consistently walking around by himself it's just it's he's an interesting human because I think it's very obvious that he's a mouthpiece for our agents that he's he's got a big title big job um, but he seems like he's just trying to shift the market, for the most part, with what he says. And I'm never gonna let I'm never gonna let him live down that. Uh, any check swing should be a, a swing take. That was that was all things considered, the worst sports take of all time.
1: Is it possible? It is it the possible? worst?
0: It was, He said that if a hitter like initiated this, like just trigger the hands a little bit, automatic strike. Is it? Possible that is that the dumbest that, thing you could ever say.
1: Is it possible that he only has a job to say dumb stuff? Like, it. You know, yeah, can, he could be
0: the. He's just a heel. He's a, he's the bad guy on purpose, or the low quality guy. Not, not bad human. I don't know him as human, but I mean, from a pure tend, like reporting people standpoint,
1: to, people tend to generalize that he is in Boris's pocket, and Boris tells him what to leak and what not to leak. Like in this case, the arson judge incident. Like maybe that got judge. 20 more million with the Yankees. Like, I don't, I don't, maybe, I I don't know. Is that like a thing? Is that a ploy that that agents use? Well, the
0: one thing that's weird about the Giants leak is that the Giants weren't even listed as the final offers because it was the Padres that there were, I mean, everything said that the Giants were going to, you know, empty the tank on judge local guy. um, That was the impression that was promoted. And well, then he's a Nor- they weren't even yeah, part he's of it.
1: NorCal kid, he went to yeah. Fresno State, right? So he's a NorCal Correct. kid. Um, they had just gotten Mitch Haniger, though, didn't they? Like when yep. all this was happening. And by the way, remember two or three years ago when the Mar- the Mariners were like, Mitch Haniger is never leaving here. Blah blah blah. He's you know he's our guy. Mitch is a decent little player. He's been hurt, you know. But anyway. Yeah, like I don't understand some of the signings. Like some of the, like what are the Giants trying to accomplish? Do they have pieces that they can put a
0: Signing guy like Aaron around? Judge, signing Aaron Judge has it's a it's a baseball move but it has nothing to do with baseball cuz his brand is so big. They'll probably make it they'll probably make their money back in jersey sales. Just I mean his his brand is enormous. <sighs>
1: I think more than anything, um, they would have had a lot of questions to answer, right? That, who the Yankees? Yeah, they're like and if they didn't sign him. Yeah, there's there, well, there's if like if you don't sign Judge, you're not the Yankees. You're not even the there's Yankees. A hundred, there's a hundred percent chance he's the next captain of the Yankees, right? Like, there's no, I, I would imagine that probably gets announced unless
0: he turns it down because he's so damn humble, right? And but he should be now if he's going to be a Yankee for life, then he has to be the captain.
1: So that's that's what I mean. Like he he. It would have been like letting Jeter walk or, you know. Can't any, do it. Any of those guys. like You just can't. I saw of
0: Mariano. You're... Imagine if Mariano signed with, like, the Kansas City Warriors in you know, his career.
1: Did you watch the Captain? Mariano was, like, mentioned in a trade with Seattle at the beginning of his career because they needed, when Tony Fernandez got hurt, they weren't sure if Jeter was going to be the opening day guy. So Mariano was one of the names being floated around for the trade to get whoever the Mariners shortstop or second baseman was. That's crazy. And Mariano was like, imagine that, you know? Um, but yeah, and I, like once the guy's established, you, you just, he's the guy, man, he has to be a Yankee. And I don't even care how, like, if you really look at it, people are asking me, they're like, Oh, is not an overpay. And I'm like, they just paid him $360 million. Right. That's the number, whatever it is. So just assume that he needs to create 36 points of war over the next However many years, because if he doesn't
0: looking at on field production, it doesn't even matter. I I agree with you. I agree
1: with you. But
0: the economics of it doesn't matter.
1: Correct. But from just from what people don't understand about the market right now or the 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 mainstream fan doesn't understand, just assume that every point of war is worth 10 million bucks to the team. So I think it's he, six. Uh, I
0: think I think they said it was. I, um, I talked to somebody about it. it. Was seven a few years ago, but I don't think it's up to ten right now. But keep going. Keep but
1: it was going. between it was between seven and ten, right? That number was yeah out there public Well, not publicly, but it was being talked in about. In
0: 2016, it was seven.
1: So so if you just yeah. said okay, I need Aaron Judge, in order to do that to hit his three hundred and sixty million dollars worth of value, if you assume that he produces between eight and 10 this year, between eight and 10 the next year, which are still prime years of his career. Cause people are like, oh, he's never going to match that production. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to get, even if he doesn't, he's still going to be an eight right, or seven in a bad year, unless he gets hurt. So realistically, what does he need look to, up? Average, average ticket pricing? He, he needs to create 60 points of war over the next, what is it? Was it a nine year deal? Nine <clears> years. So 60 points right. of war over average, 9 years.
0: Average attendance Yankee Stadium. Average attendance, we're going to go 2019 numbers. Just like let's just let's let's put perspective cuz remember uh, what's his name that we had on shoot what's his name uh, Goldstein? Um, Patrick, put it in the chat. Kevin Kevin, Kevin. Kevin Goldstein. Yes, thank you. Uh, there's no such thing as a small market team. So the Yankees' average attendance per game was forty thousand seven hundred ninety-five. The average ticket price was sixty-one dollars and fifty-nine cents, bringing a per game total to two point five million dollars. There's eighty-one games per stadium. That's two hundred and three million dollars in ticket sales alone. Now, you got all your game day staff, but I'd, I'd venture to bet that they're pretty profitable when it comes to selling popcorn, beer, and hot dogs. So your game day staff is covered. There's costs to run the stadium, blah, blah, blah. Uh, TV deals are huge. Every single billboard's making money. They're making tons of money. Tons of money. How many Aaron Judge jerseys are walking around in the world right now? It has nothing to do with baseball. In terms of production. Like his his war doesn't even matter. As long as he's on the field. If he's hurt, that hurts all that. But
1: I don't disagree. It doesn't with even you. matter. But even if you even if you just look at it from uh
0: It said the Yankees revenue is two hundred and eighty four million this year, according to Google. Which is is that a that might be a, a COVID year. Number. Net stadium revenues four hundred eighty two million. For the Yankees. That seems more reasonable.
1: But that's just stadium. Just stadium Correct. Right? Right. So you're not counting license. The team reported...
0: In, two, in 2021, the team reported $104 million in profit. Pro, revenue per home game was $6 million.
1: So, again, I mean, we're not considering TV deals. What are we deals. talking about? There's a regional yeah. TV deal. There's national, national TV, TV deal. deal. Licensing. Radio. And, like, it, I mean... They own MLB the yes Advanced Network.
0: Media MLB Advanced Media just sold the final percent to Yankee to uh, Disney for like nine hundred million dollars. So each team got thirty out of that.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of money. They that that's and I guess that's the whole point. If they reported hundred million dollars in profit, that means they're, they're net net, they're they're grossing I don't know, five hundred million in revenue. Like so let's just call a spade a spade. There's plenty of money to go around, which is why these deals are going out and again, we've talked about this at length, they don't care about paying the top guys the most. Like, and just, it just happens to be, talking about Trey Turner, we're talking about Aaron Judge, we're talking about Xander Bogarts, we're talking about Jacob deGrom, talking about Justin Verlander, these are the top guys. It's gonna get affected in the, the one to two win player who is a free agent and they're just not gonna give him the eight to $10 million deal over six years. They're gonna give them, yeah. you know, even Brandon the, the Nimmo chart Brandon, the Brandon chart Nimmo that made 160 million bucks over the 8 sign? right yeah. who did he sign with i didn't see that sign back with the mets like
0: it's, that's good but, I
1: mean, the that's chart that 100. i'm
0: looking at the chart i'm looking at is the revenue payroll versus revenue in 2001 it was 53% of revenue yeah it ballooned up to 75% in 2003 and then it's been on a steady decline since um in 2018 it was 29% 2019 it was 33%. So they went from spending 50% or more down to th- around 30%
1: of total revenue. So and that And that's
0: the whole contention between the the players association and the owners and if the, you're making a lot more money and not sharing the same amount of money.
1: If that CBA in 1995 had gone through and I got I uh, I think Peter Gammons had said this to me when I did a panel with him. Um it was either the 95 or the 87 CBA um, the owners would have been on the hook for like 48% of total revenue or, or more in perpetuity. Like it was going to be a, a forever type thing. And that the players would actually be making more, um, but it's for whatever reason that didn't get passed. So, um, super interesting to like, when you start really breaking it down that way, again, we got to get past the surface. People go, Oh, you're overpaying for that. Like, blah, blah, blah. It, it's it, stop. Stop assuming that just because the guy's making $40 million a year, that the team is overpaying for him because It's not coming out of your pocket. Somebody's getting that money. That money is going somewhere because you can't mm-hmm. not turn on the TV. Let's put it that way. Cause you can't not buy a jersey. Cause you can't not buy a hat. Cause you can't not buy a beer when you're at the stadium period. So, hey, fan, you're the direct cause for why this guy's making forty million. It's
0: just and he should be dry. making more. And he should be making more.
1: The the owner of the Phillies literally said to Bryce Harper, "You're underpaid." He had one of the biggest contracts in baseball history until now. He said, "You're underpaid."
0: Speaking of that, the 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 Phillies are just rubbing it in the noses of the of the Nationals, bringing Trey Turner and Bryce Harper into town frequently. That's that's tough. Was Schwarber
1: over there for a minute too? Did he go to the Nationals? I believe he
0: was. I believe he was. Yeah, but what's he wasn't true? one of their like guys. Schwarber was with no. the uh, the he came up with the Cubs, so it's a little different. He's not yeah. homegrown. The way that Turner right. and yeah, yeah if, it they, had Soto is, uh, Maybe if they had ironic? Soto, too, you know what's <laughs>
1: ironic? I just typed in Kyle Schwarber and his picture came up on my phone, and it's him in a Nationals jersey, which is wild. Did the did my phone hear me?
0: Probably, Big Brother was listening. Yeah, yeah, he was only there for seventy two games. Yeah, Boston got him from there. Forty six homers. Uh, all right, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. I mean, we have plenty to talk about, but for today's show,
1: that's enough for today. Basically. Yeah.
0: So that was the win. To On the that end. note, also, also went to NFCA, but we'll talk about that another time. That
1: on that note Google out.